Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to take a suggestion from one of our fans, and our fan is Mark Brown, and I believe he's from Australia, so we are officially international, but he had a great idea, and it is our top five favorite or greatest performances by either an actor or an actress, so we decided to split it up. We're going to actually make it two episodes because we had so much material, I didn't want this to be a th- you know one long three-hour inter- uh, episode, <laughs> not interview, but we had plenty of good interviews. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with actresses, and then next week we will have our actor episode. So this is very difficult. We do have honorable mentions, which probably put this a little bit over the top, but it was really difficult to narrow it down to just five, but that's a good. We that's good. We like a challenge, and this is great, and uh, thank you, Mark, for suggesting this. If you have any other suggestions, anyone that likes to listen to this podcast, let me know, and you know we'll put it on the list. All right, let's get with my top five for favorite actresses, favorite actress performances right now. All right, number five for me is Barbara Stanwyck in the movie Double Indemnity from 1944. Now, she was nominated for Best Actress for the 1945 Oscars for the same movie, but Ingrid Bergman won for Gaslight, and Gaslight's a terrific movie, and her performance was terrific, so I can't fault that that choice. However, Barbara Stanwyck kind of made the femme fatale role, and we went over film noir movies in the, in the past episodes, so definitely check that out, but she was kind of the gold standard for film noir femme fatales. She is the epitome of what a femme fatale is best known for, you know, for her, you know, walking up the stairs very seductively, uh, just her mannerisms and, and her actions. Her role was used pretty much for every other film noir movie that came out afterwards. She was the gold standard. So my pick of Barbara Stanwyck is just because that was the first film noir movie I remember watching and loving. And so her performance really stuck out with me. It became my love of film noir and my love of her her films in general. So definitely Barbara Stanwyck and Double Indemnity. All right, number four is Judy Holliday for her role as Billy in Born Yesterday from 1950. She did win Best Actress in 1951 for this movie. So if you didn't know about this film, she plays a happy-go-lucky but uneducated young woman who is in a relationship with a powerful mobster named Harry Brock. This That was played by Broderick Crawford. So Brock travels to Washington, D.C. in order to use his power to bribe a few congressmen, kind of like today. While in Washington, D.C., Brock hires a journalist, who is William Holden, to essentially be a tutor for Billy in order to give her an education about politics and other worldly matters. This tactic actually backfires on Brock because Billy ends up learning way more than he originally intended. So, yes, she originally goes in there with kind of the dumb blonde attitude, but then she ends up becoming way more educated than he is. And so um, it's just a terrific role. She deserved to win Best Actress for it. Uh, This movie, I believe, was really made at some point but Judy Holliday was in, was very underrated as an actress and she died way too young and this is kind of her go-to role but she was in plenty of other great movies like Adam's Rib 
and uh, Solid Gold Cadillac and other movies like that. Just really, really well done. And so if you haven't seen Born Yesterday, it's a terrific movie. But her role is you just you, you can't get enough of her on screen. And I think that's where most of our picks in this episode come. If you can't imagine anyone else playing this role or you just can't get enough of them when they're on screen, I think that was my criteria in coming up with my favorite performances and the greatest performances, in my opinion. All right, number three is Mary Stuart Masterson in her role, Some Kind of Wonderful from 1987. There was no way she was going to get nominated for an Oscar for her role because this is a romantic comedy. It's almost like a teen movie. It's a John Hughes movie. So there's no way that, you know, the Oscar is going to nominate her. Just just for uh, shits and giggles, who won that year? It was Cher for Moonstruck. So there you go. Anyway, I, I love her in this role. She is great as the tomboy friend of Eric Stoltz. Uh, as much as I like, you know, Leia Thompson in, in most movies, I don't think her character offered much in that role. Uh, she's attractive, but I had more of a thing for Masterson. It was just her personality, and she just kind of had that, you know, that's the kind of friend you want, an eventual girlfriend. Uh, but she also played drums in the movie, and she had this cute little pixie cut, and she just seemed like a really cool person to be around. And, uh, of course, Eric Stoltz doesn't even notice her because he's just buddies with her, and he can't get his eyes off, Mary, you know, Leah Thompson. So Mary Stewart Masterson is just this kind of, um, you know, lost in the shuffle. But it, she does such a good job in that role that I think a lot of teen movies – uh, didn't have the depth that she, her character had in, in those kind of cliche-ridden um, romantic comedies or, or teen comedies. And so that's why I picked Mary Stuart Masterson as my number three pick. All right, for number two, I had to go with an actress that I knew I was going to pick. It was just what role was I going to go with? And the actress is Jodie Foster, but I went with Silence of the Lambs from 1991. She, of course, won Best, Best Actress in 1992 for the same role as Clarice. Ironically, she wasn't even the first choice to play Clarice. The movie studios wanted a Michelle Pfeiffer. And as good as Michelle Pfeiffer is, this was the role that was meant for Jodie Foster. And she didn't reprise her roles. And, as you know, I like Julianne Moore, but Jodie Foster is Clarice. That's just how I feel. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. And, you know, if you wanted, you could have picked Jodie Foster for The Accused. You could have picked Jodie Foster as, well, I'm not going to give it away, but somebody else picked Jodie Foster for a different role. And that's later in this episode. But yeah, she just does so well as, as the FBI agent Clarice. And her chemistry with her and Anthony Hopkins, just really, really well done. She's a brilliant actress. And this was a terrific movie, super creepy movie. And I wish she had been in the future um, sequels that came out after. But no, you get her for this. And maybe that's why I picked her, because you didn't get any more after this. You kind of have this and, and nothing else. But Definitely Jodie Foster in The Silence of the Lambs. All right, number one. And I thought this was going to be hard, but it really wasn't. Because when I went through all of the roles, and I, I, you know, when I make my picks for these type of things, I go through my DVD collection. Because if, if I buy it, it means it, it resonates with me. And when I, when I saw this film, this immediately stuck out for me. And it was Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction from 1987. She was nominated, but she lost to Cher because Cher won, won for Moonstruck. And yes, I like Moonstruck, but there's no way. Glenn Close deserved to win this. She embodied this role. 
you just <laughs> she turned into this character however she's never been happy with the way this ended because she felt that the mental instability that her character uh, Alex Forrest had was never really touched upon it was too easy just to turn her into a psychopath but according to Gwen Close she didn't feel this character was really a psychopath she was deeply disturbed but they had to turn her into a supervillain because if they didn't, audiences may have not liked it because the original ending was supposed to be Alex kills herself and then frames Michael Douglas for the murder, which means his wife would find out about everything. But the test audiences didn't want that. They wanted to make sure that she got it in the end and she, you know, she got the the killing that everyone wanted. So that's, you know, ultimately Hollywood is about entertainment. It doesn't necessarily have to be about what... Um, you know, would actually be the best story. It's but what what will audiences actually like, and that's why most endings, and we covered this in our favorite endings, what endings work and what endings don't, are always tested before because if the audience hates it, it'll spread around, especially with Rotten Tomatoes. This is pre-Rotten Tomatoes, but again, regardless of how she feels, Glenn Close does an amazing job in this movie, and. I, she's been in plenty of, of terrific roles, but to me, her role as Alex Forrest it terrifies everyone, men and women alike. And so this was kind of hard, but I had to go with uh, Glenn Close in the end for her role as Alex Forrest in Fatal Attraction. All right, I do have honorable mentions, and why don't I get into those right now? Okay, my two honorable mentions, and it was tough to leave them off, but one of them actually gets mentioned a lot in this episode. I'll go with that first, and that's, of course, Francis McDormand in Fargo as Marge. Uh, yeah, I mean, you sh everyone's going to, not everyone, but a lot of people do talk about her, and so I, I won't go much into it, but this is a, Fargo's a terrific movie, and Frances McDormand is a brilliant actress, and, and she keeps winning awards because she deserves it. She's just that good. And her role as the the pregnant uh, police police officer who is trying to solve a murder, and she kind of just becomes that um, that character, you know, in the Midwest, and just a terrific terrific job by Frances McDormand in Fargo. The one that was hard, but every time she's on screen in these films, I, I love her. And that's Myrna Loy in The Thin Man. She plays Nora Charles, Nick and Nora. That's kind of like the go-to uh, line for when it comes to the Thin Man movies. And, of course, Asta. They're just the, the best movie couple, and they have the best dog as well. But Myrna Loy, just, she's the perfect person to be married to the kind of the bumbling but he's also brilliant uh, you know Nick when it comes to the Thin Man murders and she's always involved in solving these murders and she's never she never gets a ton of screen time but when she's on you love her and so that's why I, I you know I really enjoy Myrna Loy in the Thin Man movies and many other movies as well and then the last one is another old one and that's Rosalind Russell in Auntie Mame. She, different people have played Mame. Uh, Lucille Ball played her on stage. I think she also played her in maybe another film adaptation. But in any case, Rosalind Russell is so good as Auntie Mame. And, and she's great in her, His Girl Friday, too, with Cary Grant. But Auntie Mame, my mom loved that movie. I watched it a lot as a kid. And she just owns that role. She's this eccentric woman who is rich then she's poor then she's rich again and then she just she's she's kind of nuts but she's a lot of fun uh at the same time and, and she kind of owns this role and even though it's a long movie it doesn't feel long because every time she's on screen is terrific all right that's my top five next week we'll have our top five favorite actors uh but let's listen to what everyone else has to say for their top five favorite actress performances right now 
All right, we are going to do a fan-picked episode this week, and we're who better to start with than our movie buff, Malin. Welcome back. Hey, Brian. How's it going? So I know this is going to this is already going to be a very difficult one for you for actresses, so we're going to start with them, and to narrow it down to a top five was a bit of a chore, but, but you've done it, and so we're all looking forward to uh, what it got narrowed down to. Yeah, I, I uh, well, you poor you, you had to listen to me like hacking down my list um, <laughs> for the last like five minutes to try to get it to five. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat at the bottom of my list because I figure if I start at five uh, and work my way up, I can be a little bit more cheaty at the bottom. So uh, because I had such a hard time narrowing it down, um, I just want to nominate the entire fucking cast of All About My Mother. Like I cannot pick one female actress um it's a spanish film by pedro almodovar um and i am just obsessed with almost the entire ensemble cast it includes penelope cruz in a smaller role um cecilia roth as a mother who after the loss of her son goes goes in on a journey in search of her past and uh her her son's um uh estranged father um, Marisa Paredes, who was originally my number five slot, mm. um, she plays Uma Rojo, uh, uh, an aging actress who's playing um, a role in a streetcar uh, named Desire, who becomes uh, a friend of Cecilia Roth. And it's any, anyway, um, I'm just absolutely obsessed with Marisa Paredes. She is kind of like the Spanish contemporary equivalent of Betty Davis, uh, even so much so that um, her role in All About My Mother really kind of riffs off of uh, her resemblance, both as uh, as a woman and as an actress, to Betty Davis. And uh, it plays out um, in her relationship to um, Cecilia Roth's character. Um, Another one, um, Antonia San Juan, uh, is a, an actress who I'd never seen in anything before, and honestly, I haven't seen her in anything since. Plays a transgender prostitute that just steals like a third of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's, I, I figured I better get my cheat out <laughs> of the way, and you know, <laughs> first, because uh-huh. honestly, it's like Sophie's Choice trying to pick one single woman from that cast and. I'm just obsessed with that movie. That's okay. I did. Um, a, I did a cheat for my males, and so that that's okay. Oh my god. Okay. I'm. I am wiping sweat from my brow. <laughs> <laughs> so relieved to hear that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So let's let's go to your number four. Okay. Number four is um, drumroll. Since I've already mentioned Marisa Paredes, um, Betty Davis. Um, so I'm picking Betty Davis for her role in All About Eve, yes. which is the role that's specifically kind of riffed on in All About My Mother. But she is just chewing the scenery from top to bottom in that film. She has so many good lines. She delivers them perfectly. It's, you know, it's like without trying. She's just delivering screen gold the entire time. Even doing nothing. It's just an amazing film, and she's an amazing presence from start to, to end. Um, completely obsessed with her in that film. Yeah, and I think that's a key um, to to our picks. Are These are people that 
when they're on screen, you're captivated. You don't want to turn away. You're not going to you're not going to get bored by them. You anticipate them being on screen. And she that's definitely her in that movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A- anytime she steps off screen for a minute, like the absence is felt. Oh, and definitely. I think it really just kind of pays off as you get to know her character more. And she kind of eats her way through these uh, different relationships. It's uh, yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. So, so that's, that's part of the, the reason why I'm so torn is because I, I am t- deeply, deeply in love with Betty Davis in that film, as well as everything that's going on in um, all about my mother. Yes. So, um, so number three, moving up, uh, Tilda Swinton in Orlando, mm-hmm. where she has uh, it's this period piece, um, and she gets to play both genders over a number of centuries, and it's just it's I just love that movie. It's really kind of twisted and weird and funny, and um, it it's just fantastic. It's kind of like an an art house film lovers banquet and she is just amazing both as a male uh, aristocrat as well as a female um she's just fantastic mm-hmm. was that one of her and she's fantastic in everything but this is one of her earlier films yeah i wanted um, to say it was just one of her first roles i don't know well it's definitely earlier in her career okay um i don't know if i would say it's one of her first roles i I think it's safe to say that it's one of her first roles that she became known for. Okay, yeah, because it's 1992. And now I think she's not so much known for it because it's kind of deep into the art house um, cinephiles kind of uh, black book, but not so much in kind of popular culture. Got it. Yes, yeah, sir. It looks like her first role was in 1986, and so this is 92. And so, yeah, she was in a handful of things, uh, probably smaller yeah. roles until this. Yeah, what was this is a big, big role, big deep role, big long. Uh, it's an epic role. What, what was her first role? So, if, if you're already looking at it, so it's called Carav- Caravago or Carav- Oh yeah, Caravaggio. Caravaggio, um, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, by Derek Jarman. She did a couple of early films by um, Derek Jarman. I, one of those, Edward the Second. That was mm. the first film that I saw her in, and kind of. Uh, instantly became aware of her and then that was why I saw Orlando okay um, later but yeah if if you haven't had a chance to see Orlando I I recommend it um uh definitely yeah Th- that's what this podcast is all like, about I know you don't like longer movies but I think it's kind of a longer movie but no, it's, actually it's, it looks it's, like it's only an hour and a half I could handle that oh okay maybe it's just boring then. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a long <laughs> But her performance is definitely worth checking out. And she's great and everything. So number two is number two and number one are kind of toss ups for me. It's hard for me to say that one is that that I like one better than the other. Okay. Um but I'm gonna go with number two, Helen Mirren in The Cook, the Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Oh yeah, you love this movie. Uh, Yeah, I do, (laughs) I do. Um this is a movie by um by a filmmaker who really wanted to get really wanted to be an artist. And so he takes filmmaking, he he creates films as though they're moving paintings. And so it has a really two dimensional sense. Uh, It has a lot of um, uh, visual plays on art history um, and politics. Um, But Helen Mirren in this role, I think this was um, 
one role that she was kind of infamous uh, for for a small period in her career, uh, career it was it was kind of an infamous film. Um, maybe she, maybe infamous isn't the the best word, but. It, 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 the film itself is very grotesque. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be hard to watch. Uh, there's a lot of nudity, sex, violence, um, uh, bodily excrements of all types. But at the same time, it's uh, playing off of the ideas of uh, bodily functions and eating and desire and love and sex. And it, uh, as it plays out, she's this wife of a crime boss, um, and she has an affair with uh, a bookkeeper um, and it, it all ends horribly, but her role in it is really, really subdued. She's playing it um, as though she's playing to a huge camera. Mm. Um, and these sets are threatening to swallow her up. It's on these huge, gigantic sets and these sumptuous uh, table settings and um, ornate architecture. And she just plays this abused, tortured wife looking for a way to exact revenge on her husband. Um, And as the film plays along and you get to know more about this character, it just becomes heart-wrenching. And uh, she exacts bloody revenge, and it's just one of the best revenge films ever. Um, but because the filmmaker is so obsessed with the artistic aesthetics of the film, uh, I think a lot of his stuff can play off as very dead and two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, but much of this film just relies on Helen Mirren just being perfect, right. absolutely perfect the right. entire way through. And, she's, yeah, and, and she delivers every time, so it's hard, hard to narrow down a particular role for her. Yeah, and I I would have to say that for the most part, yeah, she's um, playing pitch perfect every time. But I think this is this is in my mind easily the best thing she has done okay. um, in film. In film, uh, if it were TV, if it were TV, it would easily be prime suspect. This ah. is like her cinematic prime suspect. Yeah. So number one, I went with uh, Naomi Watts in Mulholland Drive, another film. Ah, that- yeah. Absolutely obsessed with the film. I'm absolutely obsessed with Naomi Watts in this film. Uh, she does such a good job of drawing us into the first half of the film where we have to believe some really unbelievable things about a character in order for the movie to pay off later. And then we see a completely different side of her, and she plays both sides of the coin. Um and the transition between the two just miraculously. So you don't see anything that's coming in this film, but when you do, it is like having not just the rug pulled out from under you, but like the entire planet. It's just, yeah, it's one of, I think one of the most revelatory um, female performances of the last 20 years. All right. Let's quickly go through the ones that almost made your list. Um, Okay. So let's go back. Actresses. Okay, actresses. Some of the ones that were the hardest to cut. Pam Greer for Jackie Brown. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of Tarantino films ride on the success of the dialogue and our ability to um, believe that people actually talk that way. Yeah. Um, but also a lot of his films ride on the success of one or two key performances. Um, and in this film, it really comes down to us falling in 
love with Pam Greer on some level as Jackie Brown. Yeah. Um, so Jackie Brown was hard to cut. Um, Gong Lee um, in Raise the Red Lantern. Um, Francis McDormand in Fargo. Mm-hmm. Holly Hunter in The Piano. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire cast of Volver, including Carmen Nara and Penelope Cruz again. That's another Spanish film by Pedro Almodovar. Mm-hmm. Um, Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs, Glenn Close and Dangerous Liaisons, Angelica Houston in The Grifters, Whoopi Goldberg in, Whoopi Goldberg in The Color Purple, Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, but not in Kill Bill, because <laughs> they don't like her in that that much. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, and then um, one that nobody's ever heard of, but if anybody had ever heard of this one, I would have put her at number one, um, and that's Christine Lottie in a really, really small dry comedy that honestly no one's heard of, but uh, it's called housekeeping. Okay. And that's it. That's awesome. So I got to ask, why don't you like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill? You know, I just, I don't read from her. I don't read from her performance vengeance. What I unfortunately read from her performance is flat. It's kind of, Oh, I don't know how to describe it. I know how to describe it when I'm complaining about this to Mike, (laughs) because a lot of, a lot of performers do this. They play off like confidence is just, um, I don't read vengeance. I just read her performance is kind of flat. Like she just kind of tries to look mean and I don't believe it. Um, so she's not, she's not believable believable in that role. I don't think so. Okay. She falls flat for me. Okay. I know she has a little bit of emotional spectrum, but not, but the, the parts of that spectrum don't, they don't fit together to me. Um, smugness, smugness, that's ah, the word I'm looking for. Okay. Too often she comes across as, as just smug and not vengeful, mm-hmm. and it totally undermines her performance for me because a lot of people, uh, a lot of her performances, performance, especially on TV, though, I think play smug as confidence. Mm. Uh, or maybe I'm just perceiving receiving a lot of performances just kind of flat smugs like the same smugness from like like tv show to tv show to movie to movie and i just kind of write those performances off in my head as soon as i see it ah okay that's interesting so that's good but but in in pulp fiction that role everybody wanted to be as cool as her in pulp fiction right and we all that we would never be as cool as uma thurman in pulp fiction that's right Exactly. Well, as okay. always, great okay. job. It was tough to narrow it down to a top five, but you did it, and I'm proud of you, and, and it was a very, yeah. very good list. Thanks. Thanks. I'm sorry to put you all through that. <laughs> <laughs> like, mentally editing the entire time, and it didn't work. <laughs> this is good, because there's some non-obvious films on there that I think people are going to check out, which is always good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Malin. Okay, till next time. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, we're back with my other brother, Brian. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. So for this week, this is a fan-picked episode, and he wanted to know the top five, our top five favorite performances from actors and actresses. He said lead actress, and he said lead performer, but I didn't want to limit to just that. But I think a lot of our picks are going to be Yeah, I think I think... I have to double check. I think most of mine are leads. So. Okay, then it works perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just jump right into it. We'll do it five to one, and we'll, let's okay. start with actress first. All right. Wow, I didn't. Okay, so I didn't rank them. Okay, so, <laughs> well, I, have top, I have a top five with okay. an honorable mention. Okay, so I uh, let's see. To your best, I'll try yeah. and rank right now. Okay, um, 
you know what? I'm not. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I can't. Okay. I have to think about it too much. And that some of these movies I haven't seen in a while, and I, my opinion would change. But I have a, I have a top five. And they I'm, call you the good Brian. I'm you know, sorry, that's I, a, <laughs> it was. This was tough, actually. I like this hard. because it was tough. It required a lot of thought. I mean, there's a lot just to narrow it down. Sure. There's so many great it acting is. performances. But I thought, well, I can like think about who's the best mm-hmm. or whatever. But and you see like lists of those like best of all time. Sure. Like. Well, I want to go with my favorite. Like Absolutely. The people I want to see over and over, I guess, in that performance. But sometimes you need just a list to look at. Yeah, yeah. So with. you start yeah. with, like, the best. And you sure. think about, oh, yeah, this one. Yeah, I, like, I love this one. So anyway, I'll start off Ingrid Bergman as Ilsa in Casablanca. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just totally alluring mm-hmm. and kind of mysterious and emotional. And I don't know. She's super. I love Ingrid Bergman. She's one of my Me favorite too. actresses, period. Um, that's probably my favorite role. Yeah, because that I've seen. I don't think I've seen a ton of her movies, but um, I think yeah, that particular role where she's got, she's in a tough position because she's like having to seek help from an ex-lover, but she's, yeah. <laughs> you know, just the war going on, mm-hmm. and you know, she's just generally concerned about her husband's safety, and he's made it out of a camp, and you know, it's mm-hmm. pretty. Yeah, she really had an amazing. Like she could definitely kind of play tough, but then she was also very soft, and and yeah, yeah. I think yeah, she did a great job of being kind of. Um, tough but vulnerable, or yeah. t- or like willing to risk a lot but still vulnerable. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, she was also great and notorious. Which yeah, is, that was another favorite yeah. of, of mine at Bergman. Yeah, um, I've been meaning to see Gaslight. But I Gaslight, seen if you, it's very similar. It's, yeah. it's almost like a Hitchcock top movie. Yeah, yeah. So definitely check out Gaslight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bergman, okay. we'll we'll call her five. Yeah, this, yeah, this might work as a top five. All right, okay. well, just I'll just go with the next person I listed is Uma Thurman as the bride in the Kill Bill movies. Okay, yep. Um, those are Kill Bill is probably not my favorite Tarantino, but it's certainly up there, and I just love the way Uma Thurman plays that character. Yeah. It's just like, you know, basically that would be a male role on any other like martial arts movie, and she's you know the badass female. exactly <laughs> looking for revenge for yeah. for being you know nearly killed and having her daughter she thinks is murdered mm-hmm. and you know so it's it's pretty awesome um she's great as like an action star yeah super intense i don't know just i think tarantino gets the best out of her probably mm-hmm. as, so from what i've seen of yeah. her work so i think i mean i know she's had issues with <laughs> yeah like it's all coming out now yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he made her do a lot so mm-hmm. maybe that's part of the reason he maybe maybe pushed her too far but um but it worked for the... But, well, yeah, yeah, at least for that movie. I mean, I think she was just amazing. And like, it's kind of unfortunate she didn't... I don't know. Maybe she got nominated, but... That's a good I question. She, she definitely did not get... Um, no. Any Oscar for that. But another thing is won. is to take into account, the, like, if you couldn't imagine anyone else playing this role... Yeah, it's hard that to would imagine. In, like, yeah. Maybe someone from a... Like, Daryl Hannah was kind of cast as her opposite in some mm. ways mm-hmm. in the first in the first part and you could see maybe if she were a little younger maybe playing that but mm-hmm. I, I don't know it's hard to that's hard to i just imagine. don't see her as a badass yeah <laughs> not not the way i mean she was yeah. good as a villain but not as kind of like the badass yeah hero or anti-hero as, as uma thurman was. right so it's hard yeah it's hard to imagine. maybe gina davis i don't know i could see that because she's very tall yeah and yeah she's kind of or just someone you could imagine kicking ass yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> cutthroat island <laughs> yeah unless you modern day gal gadot type of thing you know that's yeah, yeah. gal gadot maybe actually yeah that might, might have been good um yeah that's so a good go. pick uma thurman okay uh next i have elizabeth taylor as maggie in cat on the hot tin roof yes um that's a tennessee williams play turned into a movie um 
the movie cuts out some stuff from the play. I think they really downplayed the the um, like the homophobia angle. Because mm. um, I saw I actually saw the play on Broadway and it was starring um, Scarlett Johansson. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> pretty interesting yeah. comparing because because I mean I had a clear idea of like how Elizabeth Taylor played that role and um, Scarlett Johansson was much. I mean I don't think she's she's a good actress, but she's not nearly as good an actor as um, Elizabeth as Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor yeah. and like. Elizabeth Taylor was like one of those like force of nature kind of actors, I think, and especially, in that, especially in that movie. I think it's one of her. Uh, I don't think she won an Oscar for it, but she was nominated, and she was definitely one of her better roles. Period, yeah, I think. I think people forget how good of an actress Elizabeth yeah. Taylor was. They just kind of look at her beauty and forget. Yeah, that she I mean, but she acted across Paul Newman. Yeah, and like she was probably still the standout of that ahead of Newman. Although Newman was really great in that. Yeah. He's, one of my favorite actors, mm-hmm. but um, I think she was she was probably the star, the star. Of that oh, movie. absolutely! Uh, it's also interesting that both her and Scarlett Johansson kind of started as child actors a little oh, bit. Oh, that's right! So yeah, I forgot about the Taylor being a child actor. Yeah, yeah. that actually be a good uh, episode. We could think of um, who ended up. Who's your favorite child actor? Yeah, yeah. Um, There's some that never really. Most of them did don't make it. I mean, you have your handfuls that you know keep going. But, yeah. yeah. Okay, what's it? Number two. <laughs> so, all right, number two, let's we'll call it. We'll yeah. call it, yeah. Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins. Of course. I yeah. think it's one of her iconic roles, mm-hmm. probably, if not the, I don't know, that or, that or Sound of Music. But yeah, that's I, true. I, I, I think Mary Poppins is a little bit more interesting character. Um, same, I mean, similar kind of role where she's, you know, taking care of children. But this Mary Poppins, like, she, she's kind of... She's whimsical and magical, except she's very like she's she plays the straight man, especially yes. compared to Dick Van Dyke, who's mm-hmm. the clown. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's really I think that her performance is very like she's very serious and and pragmatic, but at the same time it's kind of it's kind of ironic because she's magical too. Exactly. So I don't know. and who else would have been perfect? Because not only that, she's an amazing singer, and and that's also right. Yeah, that played into in. it for sure. And it's it's hard. I mean, she was so iconic in that role. It's hard to imagine. I think they're doing. A sequel or a prequel with mm. Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins, and you know I like Emily Blunt, but sure. it's hard to imagine just anyone taking on that role. And True, so, like you got to give one. You have to, I guess, you have to give Emily Blunt credit for like having the guts to go out sure and try or the paycheck. <laughs> or the, maybe she got paid well enough. Yeah, like, yeah all right, I can do it. But um, yeah, yeah, the only other person to... that I get, maybe Doris Day back in the day because she was a she was a great singer as Doris well. Doris Day, but... yeah, but I can't imagine her having quite the seriousness that Agreed. that yeah. um, Julie Andrews had as you know when Mary Poppins was being her more you know straight laced pragmatist. Yeah. pragmatist. Did you um, ever see Bedknobs and Broomsticks? I did. Okay. So yeah, Angela similar. Yeah, yeah, similar kind mm-hmm. of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that movie a lot. Actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, and then uh, I guess my top pick is Frances McDormand as in Fargo. Far, as, yeah. uh, Marge Gunderson in Fargo. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably I don't know. She's she was just amazing in that movie, like top to bottom. Like you just totally believe that character being a real person, yep. and and she's unusual because you know usually have a male cast in that kind of role. You know the detective, but then she, you know she's obviously <laughs> like a mom or a mom to be because she's he's pregnant. pregnant yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> So it's I don't know it was it was a great character and very believe she's very believable as you know someone from Minnesota yep. and like had the lingo down and everything so yeah I, I think it's probably my favorite performance by any actress and in and, and one of my favorite movies period absolutely yeah. and every time she's on screen you look forward to her being on screen yeah and, yeah, yeah. She's, she's one of the all time greats and I even I even though it's a really dark movie it's probably a one and done for me but three billboards from Ebbing, yeah Missouri. I still want to yeah. see that but yeah that's 
It, just for her, it's yeah, worth for, it. Yeah. She, she won the Oscar, right? She did. Yeah. And she definitely Same deserves it. And person. Sam Rackwall won, yeah. won yeah. the supporting. And he was... He's a he's a complicated character. Yeah, I'll leave it yeah. at that. <laughs> I remember what I read. Yeah, I um, and then so okay. Now I'll go into my honorable mentions. Sure. For both um, for the actress Shirley MacLaine as Fran Kubelik in The Apartment. Oh yeah, yeah. Billy Wilder movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Lemmon was great in that movie. Fred so McMurray. Probably, yeah, Fred mm-hmm. McMurray as the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really good movie. I don't know that it's like. Probably not my favorite Billy Wilder movie. That's um, tough. Yeah, you have something like it hot. Some like it hot's probably yeah. better, but mm-hmm. um, Shirley McLean. I, I mean, I know she went for Terms of Endearment. It's not a movie I've ever seen or ever mm-hmm. would want to see, probably. And I didn't know, like, you know, I just knew she was famous and like well-regarded actress. And then oh, she's also Warren Beatty's sister. So exactly. So very good. Like, that. Fair, yeah. Very, yeah. I mean, her her maiden name's Beatty. Yeah. But, but um, so or she dropped the Beatty, I guess, when she started acting. Mm-hmm. But um, but she's. So I, you know, I kind of, I didn't really know what the deal was with her, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I watched this movie, I'm like, wow, she is <laughs> very troubled, like, yes, very yeah. troubled, but also just like a great, uh, great actress. Yeah, um, and actually, excellent. this that type of movie really holds up well today too. I think. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it's, and I think it was kind of controversial at the it time. It was the theme, or yeah. the, basically. Jack Lemon is letting his bosses use his apartment yeah. for affairs that they carry on <laughs> exactly. in order to get promoted at his otherwise horrible dead end job. Yep. It's like he has no other way up other than to let his bosses take advantage of his generosity. And then exactly. it, it ends up involving Fran Kublik or, or uh, Shirley MacLaine's character. And you know, she ends up being one of the like the affairs, the mistresses of, of the big boss, right? Fred who McClane. he likes, who he like, yeah. he likes her. Yeah. So yeah, so it's this whole complicated thing, and it's, it's kind of. It's more modern than I think. I mean, it was a 1960 movie, so yeah. I think it was ahead of its time, totally. or is or is more realistic about the what was going on, and at least in city life at the time, uh-huh. than, than people, than audiences might have expected. Absolutely, may have inspired part of Mad Men because yeah, a I mean, definitely scary. If you like Mad Men, yeah. then definitely yeah, I would recommend that movie. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually of that era. So. It is absolutely <laughs> okay. We're back with super producer Lindley. Welcome back. Thank you. It's great it, to be back. <laughs> That's what you came up with. I'm perfect. It all worked out well. So for this week, this is always fun. I always like doing top lists, but it's hard to narrow it down. Very popular in search as well. Exactly, and that's that's our business. If people don't know that, don't know us, we're we're in the search business anyway. So we are going to do our favorite or best performances for actor actors and actresses. Top five. So this is a fan-picked episode, so we're going to try to be as true as possible. Though, I think originally he asked for lead actors and actresses, like leads, but mm-hmm. I, I made it everything. So I don't always it, do leads, yes. Yeah, so. yeah, which is fine, because I think there's some very notable performances that... Character uh, It's all about character totally actors. Totally steal the show. So. But mine are not necessarily character actors, but okay. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with actresses. We're going to go from five to one, and then we'll have your honorable mentions later. So mm-hmm. what is your fifth top actress? Should I say the movie, then actress, or actress, and you want to guess the movie? Actually, that'd be fun. How about, <laughs> okay. uh, either way, yeah. Jodie Foster. In, ooh. Ooh, okay. That's my number five. Jodie Foster. Jodie okay, so it's either going to be Taxi Driver or Silence of the Lambs. I've never seen Silence of the Lambs. Then it's not that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> but know. It is Taxi Driver. Okay. Yes. Taxi Driver, which I thought was a weird choice because she's so young, but she I just is. thought that is an amazing performance, especially yeah. for, I don't know how old she was, then, 12, 13? Was that her first movie? 
Um, well, it's funny. She did. It was the same year mm-hmm. as Freaky Friday, but she did <laughs> Freaky Friday after. Like Taxi Driver was first, and then she did Freaky Friday. <laughs> Could you so imagine? I don't, there was. I think she had a lot. She has lots of other listings before that, but that could have been TV. I don't know. I wonder if that could even be done now. She basically went from a child prostitute to Disney. Oh God, <laughs> I don't even dude. think they could do it. Yeah. Right. No. I don't know. Like who? Would you do you know movies currently that feature child prostitutes as it did at that time? I mean, I'm thinking of Brooke Shields yeah. in Pretty Baby. Is it called Pretty Baby? I think so. Yeah. Pretty Dolly. Pretty something. Oh yeah. Or no, is it something Darlings? Little Darlings? No, Little no. Darlings is another crazy movie That's where the whole movie Tatum is about O'Neal? two fourteen-year-olds trying to lose their virginity, yes. having a contest to lose their virginity. Was that Tatum O'Neill? Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill. Think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. That movie. was yeah, yeah. <laughs> another inappropriate. <laughs> totally inappropriate. Yeah. I think that's like Matt Damon's first movie. Yes. Yeah. But they're all like 14, 15 year olds. And they really that were. Happened? I know, and they really yeah. were. Yeah. I can't imagine that happening no. today. Not yeah, I don't anymore. Know. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thankfully, there is some protection for a child for children. Although it's also things are much worse. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, going back to ta- she is she does a tremendous job in a yeah, brutal film. Yeah, it's just a really raw i don't know i don't know if i want to say raw just like natural like mm-hmm. just very natural honestly. and she's one of the few child actors that really uh, became more popular as she got older she made the transition yeah yeah exactly she yeah because many don't successfully yeah tra- yeah, tra- yeah transition to an adult yeah serious actress on one the uh, for the accused right she did win the oscar yeah. for the accused she was pretty young too yeah i think right in her 20s it was before Silence of the Lambs. I want to say it's like 88. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say it was when she, Early after 20s. she finished college because she took time off of acting to mm-hmm. go to college and then she came back and I think that was her first movie. Yeah, nice yeah. return <laughs> to go back <laughs> into acting and win an Academy Award. And that's it. When I was a kid, everybody told me I looked like Jodie Foster. Oh, really? As a kid. Like as a kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like Jodie Foster as a kid. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Not Katherine Heigl? Never Katherine Heigl. I think it's Katherine Heigl. <laughs> <laughs> Radio audience, I look nothing like <laughs> Catherine Heigl. As a kid, I had freckles and blonde hair, so I could see the resemblance with Jodie Foster, but Catherine Heigl, absolutely zero resemblance. I'm talking about Catherine Heigl now, so that's... Like, <laughs> I, don't even I didn't know, know you as a like kid, now. so yeah. <laughs> no, I don't even know what Catherine... Oh, I thought you meant Catherine Heigl now. No, no. like five years ago. I'm like, I don't know what she looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along to number four. <laughs> oh, number four. Debbie Reynolds. In, let's see, Singing in the Rain? Nope. Mother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the only reason I know that is because I know you. Because so, you know yeah. I love that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just think that's an amazing performance. I think that was also, I don't want to say comeback, mm-hmm. but it was the first time I think she'd appeared in anything for a while. Yeah, and, and we played it before on the podcast. Yeah. The, the whole... <laughs> with the sherbet and yeah. uh, where he's Brooks. like, there's a layer of ice on here. And she's like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, it's just like, Don't pay. Oh, because he wants to go out to Baskin Robbins. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, I've got some sherbet in the fridge. Why would I? They're not getting my money. That's a ripoff. <laughs> no, it's, and it's like this generic sherbet. It's not even like Hagen <laughs> yeah. Dazs sherbet yeah, or something yeah, like that. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah, no, she is great in that. That's, so and it's an underrated film. Most Albert Brooks movies are underrated. Yeah, I don't think they're big. I mean, I think you just have to like that type of humor. Very yeah. dry, mm-hmm. um, self-deprecating, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of the director's director, actor's he's actor. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedian's comedian. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great pick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one is Holly Hunter. Ooh, I think you're getting a lot of stuff. Broadcast News? Nope. Okay. I don't know. Raising Arizona. Oh, yes. That's, yes, that's true. I think a lot of my, oh, maybe my male choices are more 
comedy. Yeah. Okay. It's hard for me to enjoy a dramatic performance. Mm-hmm. I feel like I like, yeah. Well, to right now, so far, two out of three have been comedies. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this yeah. is a dark, Raising Arizona. You know, I didn't get into Raising Arizona. No, it is. It's oh, okay, a okay, dark cool. comedy. Well, it's a Cohen <laughs> Brothers, so. Yeah, of course. Uh, I didn't get into that until I got older. Like, as a mm. kid, I just, I didn't really like the movie. I mean, I must have, I don't know when it came out. But 87. I saw 87? Yeah. Oh, so I also saw it in college. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't see it when it came out right. in 87. But, um, yeah, I loved it. I Yeah, I just thought it was great. I appreciate it a lot more now. Because, I mean, you have John Goodman and then uh, Tex Cobb. They, yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, I just love her as the probation officer. And oh, yeah. And kidnaps the baby. I don't know how they want to have a baby. I don't know. It's so funny. It's well, again, funny. I have a love-hate relationship with um, Nicolas Cage. Like, he's kind of... But I love him in some things. And then he's <laughs> god-awful in others. But yeah. maybe, like, Al Pacino for me. And I know a lot of people still love Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Al Pacino switched does that. by the 80s and i'm like now i hate him i don't like him in anything i Sense, think scent after, of a, i don't exactly. like scent of a woman and i don't even know that i've seen that movie but just watching the performance i'm just like i shut up you're so al pacino in this i think because yeah it's almost self-parody at this point everything yeah. is hoo-ha and he's right. yelling and he's yeah. just like ah. yeah. yeah you want serpico al pacino yes, yes. that's yeah. a good that's a good al pacino though yeah. i do have al pacino on my well i won't say okay don't sorry. go there yet. <laughs> by the way my dad thinks i look like serpico now because of the beard oh, and the do. hair now. Oh, yeah. you do. oh my god, that's perfect. You do look like I walked in. I walked in the house and he's like, you look like Serpico. I'm like, well, that could be worse. That's the exact style. There yeah, that's go. awesome. <laughs> so there you go, folks. That's what I look like. Okay, number two. Francis McDormand. Uh, it's got to be Fargo. Fargo, yeah. yeah, of course. That's one of my favorite performances. I just think she's, yeah, just perfect. She's so quiet and mm-hmm. subtle and just figures, you know, everything out. And yeah, I just love it. Was she really pregnant at the time? When she was... I wonder. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I loved also her husband was just so mellow. Mm-hmm. Like, Marge, you gotta eat. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta eat. He would, like, get up and cook her eggs while she was putting on all yeah. the police costumes in, like, his underwear. He's really, like, chunky. Yeah. And again, <laughs> matching actresses with actors. I know. I it's... mean, they made her so frumpy looking in that movie, yeah. right? But, um, yeah, just very funny. Did you ever see Blood Simple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's her, her first movie. Her where first she in, met him, right? And the Coen Brothers' first movie. So. Oh, well, that's where she met. Which one is she married to? Ethan. Joel. Oh, she's married to Joel. Yeah. And the only reason I know this is I just did a neo noir episode, which will be published mm-hmm. uh, before this. And yeah, so yeah, that, that was how they met. That was their first. Yeah, that's a good kind yeah, of that's a uh, really good movie. suspense mm-hmm. type movie. Yeah. I yeah. Watch that again. That's good. Yeah, so definitely Friends Make. I think so far everyone's I think had her on the list. They yeah. have. Yeah. I wonder which movies though. You can't tell me. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I won't tell. Yeah. You. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen uh, Three Billboards in Ebbing, Missouri? No. Yeah, I haven't seen it. If you I like her, it's worth saying. It's also about a child murder. Yes. Her daughter's kidnapped or murdered or something. I haven't uh, watched yes. those movies. Yeah, I can't watch those. It's a distraught. You don't. I'm not giving anything away. You don't, I don't see, see it, it, but I get it, yeah, but you're still. dealing with her. But the yeah. performances are amazing. Like, she's terrific. Sam Rockwell is a, is a very complicated character. So. Yeah, he's like the racist cop that solves the thing. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, definitely we're seeing once. It's not an yeah, over yeah, and yeah. over one. Yeah. I watch mostly comedies. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. And number one. Shelley Winters. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, only because I know you, I'm going to go with Lolita. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because you know it's not Poseidon. Yes. Oh, man. All those disaster movies. Things, but I love her in Lolita. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But also, I just think she is 
perfect as this horrible woman, right? Yes. Who's jealous of her daughter, and she's just so repulsive, even <laughs> though he's... I mean, I don't know. It's just a complicated... It is. ...horrible person to play. And um, I don't know. I just think she does an amazing job. The other yeah. one um, is A Place in the Sun with uh, oh, Montgomery Clift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that would be good. Yeah, and she's Elizabeth Taylor. She's also the dejected woman in yeah, that, right? Like she's the one that gets killed. Yeah, <laughs> she does get killed in this It's too. so funny because back in the early days, she was actually very pretty, and yeah, then she kind of transformed. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I yeah, I, I think she's kind of heavy. Is she heavier yeah. set in Lolita? I think so. Yeah. There's just that scene where she's trying to dance for him, and it is like, oh my god, kill me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like so cringeworthy. Yeah. And she, I just think she's so great. She yeah. also played Ma Barker in the Batman 1966 series. So She did? Yeah, she, she that's had a couple Winter? of yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's funny that they say like a lot of big stars would they would appear, appear in that show. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great top five. You think so? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go to your honorable mentions. Oh, we'll my start. honorable mentions? Yeah. Okay, not, they're not that interesting. Well, we'll see. Um... <laughs> Actresses first? Yeah, sure. You can count on... Oh, sorry. I was supposed to say Laura Linney. You can yeah. count on me. Okay. I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> Laura Linney? I wouldn't have guessed what movie she Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So I what is You Can Count on Me? I don't know if I've seen this. Oh, yeah. You should see it. It's... um, God, what's the guy's name? I think he just did that Kenneth... Oh, long and... Long, it's Kenneth something. He just did that movie, I believe. He did that movie with Casey Affleck one and Michelle Williams. Oh, the Manchester... Yes, was, okay. he just did that movie. So you can get on oh, me. It's wow. actually not a comedy. It's a it's her and Mark Ruffalo mm. and their brother and sister. It came out in two thousand. So yeah, yeah, it's old. Um, and she's the responsible sister, and he's the brother who just kind of comes and goes in and out of her life. Mm. Um, Matthew Broderick's in it as well. I it's just weird. saw that. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And then one of the uh, Macaulay Culkin, one of the Culkins, Kieran, maybe mm-hmm. one of them plays her son. Um, yeah, it's just a straight up, like, it's a really strong emotional story between a male and female, but they're brother mm-hmm. and sister. There's no romance. You know, which okay. I really loved that about that movie that it was like, oh, yeah. two, you know, a male and female. Yeah. But they're not, it's not romance. You right. Know, it's no romance. It's just they're a nice, normal relationship. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's no, it's a fucked up relationship, well, but yeah. It's like a normal, as it's opposed to. It's yeah. a really sad movie, but, um, good. Yeah. I always, uh, um, she's an underrated actress. People forget she's about really her. Good. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. I was trying great. to remember the movie I really liked her in, and it's um, a Queen Eastwood movie called Absolute Power. Oh, She gosh. plays his daughter. Laura Linney plays his daughter. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I've only been seeing her as a mom. Like, I see as a her mom. as a mom. Yeah. Well, and this came out in 97. I never saw her that young. Yeah. Well, think about it. Quint is in probably in his 70s there. No, she so, yeah. definitely is. Yeah. I'm sure she probably started playing a mom when she was like 25. Yeah. You know, because, Actually, she <laughs> because might have been Hollywood. a mom. I'm not sure if she had a kid or not in that movie. but Oh, yeah. Um, no, she's really good in that. She's a really good actress. What are your other... Oh, my other yeah. honorable mention is Kate Blanchett. Oh, geez. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> Which In one? Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, mean, I just thought that was a good performance. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're back with Samantha. Welcome back. So you came up with a top six list for actresses yes. and a top four list for actors. Yes. So we get ten and no matter what. We've got ten. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about this for weeks because <laughs> we keep rescheduling. But this is good. So. And yeah, it's. One thing to think about, like, favorite movies yeah, and then favorite actors. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I think of favorite actors, it's usually because of their whole, like, work yeah. and maybe, like, other, like, qualities. And it's hard to find, like, a person 
and like just that single pairing right. that is like special. So mm -hmm. and that one performance that you yeah, can't get enough of. That you can't get out of your mind. That's right. So that's kind of what I went for. Things that you know, maybe not my favorite movie ever. Right. But like they're movies I like and I think about, but they're things like the performance. It's like, wow. But and nobody else could play that. Yeah. Role. Yeah. yeah. It's mm -hmm. always gonna be that person right. in my mind. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. That's, that's how I did it. Like, could, could I imagine anyone else playing yeah. this role and better? And yeah. 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 So let's start with your top six um, for your for your favorite actress, actor, actress performances. Yes. So we can go, maybe we'll go in chronological order here. Sure. Um, what's my oldest? Actually, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think about, like, old Hollywood actresses yeah. that I love and I found one that I actually picked one of her later movies. Okay. So I think my first movie on the list is um oh I should have put dates on these. That's okay. But I think my first movie, we're gonna go with a random one. This okay. is a French movie and the actress her name is Anna Karina. Okay. She's <laughs> yeah. um yeah. It, it, her real name is Anna Karina. Well, it's her stage name. Okay. So yeah. she's I don't remember what her original name is. She's still alive. Mm -hmm. Um but her they came up with the name Anna Karina. <laughs> okay. Um, from Anna Karina. <laughs> right. Um but she starred in a bunch of movies in the fifties and sixties mm -hmm. in France and she was actually married to Jean Luc Godard oh, okay. for a few years and mm -hmm. they made a lot of movies together. Yeah. And during the whole like French New Wave mm -hmm. scene, which is like one of my favorite yeah. like genres and themes. And um, they did a few really cool movies together. Um, but the one I'm gonna pick from hers that I think it really defines her and it was a, a movie at the time that I think was probably really shocking, and it still is. Mm. Like when I watched it today, I was like, "Ooh!" Or recently, yeah. Um, it's called "My Life to Live." Okay. And it's a drama where she plays a woman who ends up becoming a like high class prostitute. Ah, okay. Essentially, so um, I had was it inspired by breakfast, or was breakfast and Tiffany's inspired by this? Um. I don't think so. Okay. That's on my list. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't have to give anything away. <laughs> I just have lists about escorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just movies about escorts on Okay, my so list. Julia Roberts and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jodie Foster and Taxi Driver. <laughs> we'll just run the gamut. We'll do best... Uh, there we go. We'll do an episode on, on favorite prostitute movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, it's mm. deeper than that. So, she's like a young woman in Paris and um she yeah I haven't seen this movie in years but I watched it like a bunch when mm -hmm. I first found it and I really want to find it again yeah um yeah it came out in 1962 okay. and she's just like a normal young woman and I think she was in her 20s when they filmed this oh, wow. and she wants to be an actress mm -hmm. and all of the Godard movies they have like kind of this like Hollywood like vibe to them mm. like he was interested in like 50s like film noir oh, like yeah. crime films uh -huh. in a way so um yeah so she's a, a shop girl who ends up becoming a prostitute to learn extra money uh -huh. and then there's a bunch of drama and um I think she's killed Oh, in the yeah. end. Uh -huh. um, but it's really clever how the movie's filmed. It's in like different parts and it's really like artsy yeah. and all of that. But um, Have you seen all of his films? Most of the old ones. Okay. Not 
his like newer ones because yeah. he's still making movies. Actually. Oh wow, like, he's just uh-huh. putting one out this year. Okay, I think. Um, but yeah, I've seen all the movies that he did with her, um, and yeah, this one is just it's she just is a phenomenal job playing this role. Mm-hmm. It's very subtle, and then I always I'm a big sucker for like the design and fashion right. movies like kind of my favorite roles are those that are like inspirational to me sure so her kind of like look i always liked uh-huh. um it was very sleek mm. and um now was she like this in all the movies or is it this particular movie that they did for um this one particularly mm. yeah she has like really short hair and okay. she's known for kind of this her like long blonde hair and oh. bangs mm-hmm. and she has like this she just has like a really cute look mm-hmm. um and it, it just seems feels very modern, but mm. it was made in the early '60s, and it's just a really cool but sad movie. Right. At the same I'll time, I'll have to check it out because so, it sounds interesting. Yeah, it's good. She did like a couple more um, kind of funnier, like romantic comedies, mm. and a couple like kind of comedic crime movies. Um, this one was very. It was just very serious and it dealt with a lot of different like serious themes mm-hmm. and but i don't know stood out to me um and there's like these really sad like hotel scenes okay. <laughs> it's like kind of like dire like my life to live it's just yeah kind of a uh, sad title but i love it it's a good movie okay so um, that, then so that's, that's your number six that's the first one yep. on the list i think next one in chronological order sure. is actually breakfast <laughs> there you go <laughs> um, i had to choose that this one like audrey hepburn's one of my favorite actresses yeah. and i think that movie was when i was younger i didn't really understand what it was about sure I, <laughs> it's a great movie it's, mm-hmm. it's funny it has these interesting undertones and like you were saying, I can only picture her playing that role. Right. And what's interesting is, like, they wanted to cast Marilyn Monroe for that lead. I just, um, yeah. And I think it really worked out how they picked her yeah. to play this kind of, like, she was lower class, and then mm-hmm. now she's living this, like, fake upper class life. Right. And... I think it was probably more like Marilyn Monroe's real life. Yeah, a, yeah, know, yeah exactly. They wanted yeah. someone who actually you know was american and kind of lived that transformation whereas audrey hepburn was like european from a wealthy background Mm -hmm. and was like a trained actress and all that so uh, but i think she pulled off the role really well that's right and she's i think just like a naturally funny character yeah and um yeah so you so you uh, that must have been tough so was it a toss-up between that and roman holiday or yeah, I think I've seen, just because I've seen, I think, Breakfast at Tiffany's more, more uh-huh. and I think it has, like, multi, a lot of different dimensions. Yeah. Like, Roman Holiday is, like, a great escapist, like, cute romantic comedy. Right. Um, kind of a classic romance, whereas Breakfast at Tiffany's... Definitely more dark. <laughs> it's darker, yeah. and uh, there's, like, it does feel... Like, it should be, out, like, updated, like, the whole, like, Mickey Rooney stuff. Yeah, I kind of, yeah. like, feel weird saying it's one of my favorite movies because <laughs> there's a lot of insensitive things there are, yeah. in it, but I think it's great. And her, yeah. like, it's an iconic role. It is. So. It is. Um, but, yeah, it was hard to choose. You're going to have to get the little Funko Pop of her. Of those. I should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a poster at home. Oh, yeah. I got, like, way back when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But, um... I'm glad you had that on the list. I'm sorry I gave it away. So that's, yeah. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even put the two and two together there. Do I have any others? No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so going right into what would be number four. Uh, let's see. So the next one, um, maybe this came out in the same year. Oh, so this one actually came out. These all came out around the same time. I think Breakfast okay. at Tiffany's came out in like 63 I think, yeah, or so. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, to Live Her Life came out in 62. And mm -hmm. then my next one, I, I knew I had to choose a Betty Davis performance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then for her, I... That's, it that's was, hard. It was really hard. But I was thinking about like what are some of my, like the iconic, like classic Hollywood actress performances. Yeah. And for her, I thought the one that kind of stood out to me most was Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, That's 64, I think, right? 64, 63? I don't know. 62. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. That makes sense. Oh, that's yeah. funny, but... Yeah, because when Probably her I, last great role, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember when I saw this movie, it just, like, shocked me. Yeah. And I... It's like I. It's one of those you will never, I think, forget no. just because of how creepy it was and brutal. And yeah, it just gets worse and worse. It does. And to see these like two actresses who are just such iconic, mm -hmm. like, classic actresses, kind of play this like these like campy yeah. roles. Um, and who definitely didn't get along. Yeah. yeah, and then of course there was like that miniseries that came out, which was great. So, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's, I was like, I haven't seen it in a while, so I was reading the plot, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I, can, I can still remember, like, the whole movie scene for scene, even yeah. though I haven't seen it in so long, because it sticks with it's you. just, like, so shocking. Yeah. And I'm, I do, like, I like horror mm -hmm. a bit. I'm not, like, a huge, like, horror movie, like, big fan. Like, mm -hmm. I'll watch, like, interesting horror movies, but I think this, because it had that, like, psychological yeah. side where it was scary, like you mm -hmm. didn't really know what she was going to do to Yeah, it wasn't your traditional Crawford, horror. Yeah, it was more like suspenseful, psychological. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it was I think a thriller. Totally, yeah. Um but yeah, and her just whole character is just oh, so she is. creepy. With ugh. And she totally let herself go for the role. Mm -hmm. Like she she mm -hmm. owned that character. Yeah. Yeah, and to be I think someone you always she always seemed so kind of like poised and yeah. classic and then to play this where like I kind of everything out the yeah. window and interesting how you know the character is someone who's like a child actress like mm -hmm. back in the day and now I think when right when this movie came out was she not like doing as much anymore? She was always working or? but yeah she had kind of it had been what 12 years since All About Eve yeah. and she was in other stuff yeah, yeah this, and her daughter's in it too, so that's that's also kind of beady, yeah. So it's just interesting, like so it's good. life parallels in a way. Yeah, and so two people. So you picked Betty Davis for this one, mm -hmm. and Malin picked it for All About Eve. So oh, okay. two different Betty Davis. I, yeah. I kind of wanted to choose All About Eve, mm -hmm. but I think Baby Jane is more of like sticks with you, kind of my, yeah, yeah, like my type of movie. Yeah, um, that's good. No, that's what I like. Yeah, so. Okay, so what's number okay. three? Next, or that's that was the third one. That was the third one. Okay, We've so what's three? With number so two. Far. Um, let's see what's the next one in chronological order here. This is how I have to keep it together. No, so this would be number three. Yes, we have six. I did the French one. Yeah. I did breakfast at Tiffany's. Yep. But you did oh, this. then we did. 
Betty Davis. Yes. Okay. Then I'm going up. Yeah, never okay. mind. Don't mind me. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't like rank these in terms of preference. Got it. I was just, just I kind of like threw them out there. So number four. <laughs> so which one haven't I talked about yet? Um, I want to talk about, so this one I actually did pair an actress that I haven't really, I never really saw her other stuff. Uh-huh. But I really like this movie. Um, it's Love Story mm-hmm. with Ally McGraw. Yes. So, so you've seen Love Story, though, right? I, a million times. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other movie I saw her in. It was another Steve McQueen movie. Like, they're on the run. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I ever saw it. Well, they were married for a bit, they were. I think. They were. So, um, but I don't know why I love this movie. It is a melodramatic Total tearjerker. Yes, it is. But... <laughs> I love it, and I think it's another iconic role. It is. In a way, um, maybe more so for, like, girls. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I was, no, I, was, I saw it when sad. I was younger, and I was like, oh, I think I saw it when I was in college, mm-hmm. actually. My mom like, introduced me to it. She's yeah. like, oh, my God, this movie is so sad. So this is 1970, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I actually just rewatched it a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it is, it is, uh, Beaches and Steel Magnolias, yes. well, way before Steel Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like an old classic. Yes. Um, and just the, the over-the-top soundtrack that oh, rolls yeah. through the whole thing, mm-hmm. and their, um, the dialogue isn't awesome. No. But there's something about it that I really like. I think because maybe it does feel authentic in a way, mm-hmm. and the pacing is good. Yeah. Um, but I thought her role, she just seemed like a really genuine, authentic person, right? In the in the, the character, at least, and she's not super done up and no. everything. So it's very yeah, natural it's and like yeah, really like natural, like kind of. It seemed like a realistic, like yeah. classic college movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, Despite the like crazy like oh the social differences and then oh she has cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they finally made it in the world. Yeah. And, oh, now she's <laughs> gonna die. Yes. But um, yeah, it's another one where I think it also stuck with me because I liked her like kind of fashion and yeah. style. Um, she has this really great like tan coat mm-hmm. that she wears and like the whole kind of like East Coast college campus look mm-hmm. was something that I thought was kind of inspirational. Um, I'm glad you I'm glad you put her on the list because a lot of people forget about her as yeah, an actress. Yeah. And, yeah. And she's still around. Yeah. I think I read an interview with her recently. Um, I think it might have been related to that movie. I don't know why there was like some sort of follow up mm-hmm. interview. Um but yeah, she's a really interesting yeah. lady. Like she kind of experienced all of that kind of like seventies, like yeah. Hollywood era, and knew a lot of people. And, and she was married to one of the most famous yeah, actors of all yeah, time. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, great movie. Yep. And I watch it every so. Yes, <laughs> we need a good cry. <laughs> great performance. Yeah, when you want to just feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. It's a good one. And I have two, two. more female performances okay. that are much more, like, uplifting. Okay. Um, so they're not prostitutes and they're not dying. No, they're not. <laughs> These good. are all and so they're, depressing they're, so far. They're not psychopaths. Okay. What, 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 <laughs> they all, let's see, two of them died. Okay. <laughs> no, three of them died uh-huh. so far. Oh, that's good. Um, that's true, because, yeah, yeah, she did. And uh, Anna Karina died yep. in her movie, Betty Davis. I think, does she die at the end? 
No, isn't. no. Um, Joan Crawford They're, like, dies. They're on the beach. I think Joan Crawford dies on the beach, and then she's, like, dancing around like a woman. Yeah, 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 they succumb to the crazy at the end. Okay. Um, Yeah, and then Ellie McGraw dies at the end. Sorry. Spoiler alert. It's the whole point of the movie. But, um, (laughs) yeah, okay, so the next one I went with another French movie. Okay. And it's Amelie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Audrey Tattoo. I I want to say her name correctly. Audrey Tattoo. Tattoo. Okay, yes. I think. Yeah, Tauto, Tauto. And um, I think this is another iconic role. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been so, like, relevant in French cinema for yeah. a long time. And I've seen a bunch of other movies of hers, but I don't think any will ever live up to this Tom role. Like, yeah. um, it's kind of a, a very twee, quirky You know, I need to see movie. it. The only one I've seen her in, mm-hmm. it came out after Amelie. She's... Um, She's got psychological issues, and oh. she, like, I don't know if she tries to kill herself at one point, but that's the only one I've seen her in, and it came after Amelie. Okay. Um, she was great in that, uh, but the movie kind of <laughs> freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen... I saw... She, like, played Chanel in a movie, mm. like, a few years ago that I thought was, like, kind of cute. Amelie, I think, it's a very... It's a unique movie. Yeah. It just feels very special mm-hmm. to me. And nobody else could have played that role yeah, for Yeah, because she has this kind of, a lot of people compare her to Audrey Hepburn. It's kind of this, like, innocent, cute. Yeah. Like. They kind of a similar look, shy too. Shy character. They're with name Audrey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, but also can play, like, comedy. Yeah. Be a little, in, like, a kind of an in-depth role. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't really know. What to say about this movie other than it's really cute and I liked how it was filmed mm-hmm. and I think her role is it's just cute. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, this is like a go-to movie for a lot of people. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is yeah. Yeah, and I'm so curious why it kind of became a cult classic like yeah. it did. It's um, I think it won some awards, but it. Really just, maybe because the cast is well known internationally, mm. and the um, director, he's done on a few other, like, cool movies, but, yeah, it's become a, a cult classic. Yeah. I should have talked about this In your, in your cult classic ones, um, Yeah, I think it was just interesting how she's very kind of eccentric and kind of lives her own life. Yeah. It just has all these weird little quirky things, and... But it doesn't really seem strange. Mm-hmm. It's cute, and I'm a dork, and I went to uh, <laughs> Paris, and I found the grocery store oh, where no way. she went in the movie. <laughs> so I like found the sites where the movie was. And you got tons of tons of pictures. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to this little cafe. Oh, nice. Um, that they're at and stuff. I stayed in the neighborhood where she lived. Ooh. Oh. So, yeah. Um, okay, so what else can I talk about? That's just a cute movie. Mm-hmm. Her role is perfect. Like, this is the one of the more uplifting ones that you picked. Yeah, and I could probably stop there okay. with my female roles. I think those are ones that kind of define my interests and are really, really iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had to throw one in here. Mm-hmm. Um, the honorable mention. Because it's... 
it's another it's a movie I go back to. It's the 2005 Pride and Prejudice remake starring mm-hmm. Keira Knightley. <laughs> and like this this story's been done a bunch of sure. times, but for some reason I like her performance mm-hmm. and I thought it was a good representation right. of the uh, character in my mind. So throwing that in there. Okay. It's a beautifully done movie and I think um, there's a lot of issues between, like, is this movie better than the, like, Colin Firth miniseries mm. that came out in the 90s? But I didn't like that miniseries. Okay. I thought it was stuffy. Mm-hmm. So I like this You're going to go with this one. And all, I, she's been in a million movies, but I always think that one's my, her, my favorite. That's your favorite. Yeah. So, um, I liked her in Domino. So there you go. Oh. So, even though a lot of people didn't like that one. But, yeah. Yeah, Atonement's another one. Yeah, like, a lot but, of people like that. Involved the, the pirates and oh, pirates of movies, <laughs> yeah. That's it. You got to make. Money. That's how you make your yeah, paychecks. You can do your money, yeah. and then you can do the lovely um, period piece. Exactly. Home like remakes. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the actual alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbean. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also says... Science! Science also said... My second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>